everyone. It's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society, and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance techniques, education, and so much more with the most informed guests we can find. So thank you for joining us on this episode. Today, we're going to talk about some statistics and trends that we saw from last year. I am going to preface this with it is a sensitive subject. There are statistics in here that might be something you experienced yourself. And we just, these are things we need to talk about to learn about how we can be better. And there's where we track kind of the fatality side of statistics and causes. We have to have the other side, and there's no one better to help us out with this than Ashley Atkin from One Broken Biker. So thank you for joining us today, Ash. No problem. Thanks for having me. So just remind everybody, I mean, between AMSS and One Broken Biker, people pretty much know who both of us are. But could you remind everybody who may not know what One Broken Bike, One Broken Biker is, who you are and what you do? Yeah, that's no problem. So One Broken Biker is a nonprofit organization, Canada-wide now, that helps injured riders. Um, we help riders when a rider goes down, either themselves or a family member, fills a form out on our website, goes to our outreach team. And then from there, we handle, usually within the 48 hour, we try to get in touch with the family or the rider. And uh, we offer compassionate services, financial services, um, basically just another ear, another biker to listen to, to to hear, um, yeah, to listen to, you know, if you've ever been into a bike accident or known somebody, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, um, you know, you, you try to work through going through an accident and, and it, it's nice to have somebody to talk to. So that's what we offer. And, uh, we started in Alberta, but now we're, we're across Canada. And this came out of, oh, and I only bring this up because I've had the fortunate experience of meeting your father this came out of your father's collision several years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. 2012, he had a major, major motorcycle accident, changed his life. And I was following him uh, on my motorcycle, witnessed the whole thing. And he was in the hospital for three months. So I just learned firsthand how traumatic and tragic and uh, an experience like that is for the entire family. And it's not just for the rider. And that's, that's kind of where this whole organization is based off of that single one broken biker that has now changed multiple people's lives and, and really trying to help the injured or trying to help the, the biking community. Yeah. And it's such a great organization to have because when you're in a collision scenario and you have the fortunate experience of surviving, it's kind of lonely. There's things that you don't understand like insurance and coverage and, you know, and stuff like that. And I know you guys are good on educating the injured riders between insurance stuff and of course you know your partnership with Grover Laws as well mm -hmm. as our par partnership with Grover Law and how they can help with you know helping injured people get through that so let's mm -hmm. talk we're going to jump in a little bit about like statistics and so I just kind of made a couple notes on like on the fatality side and where 2018, we saw 16 fatals in the province in 2019, we saw 11. So we were on this really great trend since we started AMSS of lowering those numbers. And last year we jumped to 21 
And that was included 19 men and, and two women who lost their lives with, unfortunately, the majority of those fatals happening on sport bikes, just trying to get an idea of things. What did you guys see for, I know you can't track the statistics fully, haven't been, the province doesn't release, release statistics for about two years at a time for our province specifically. I know we talked about you're looking into doing what we've been doing with tracking them on our own for the things that you can hear. What did you see last year and the year before just to compare support that you provided? So it, it's an interesting topic that we are on because I find each year since I started this organization and since I've grown the organization to what it is now, every year it's a different kind of injury or if it's if it's one year it's fatality the next year it's left hand turns it's and it's just it's interesting to see that why mm-hmm. it will go into these little trends and they kind of group together in each year um i would say like last year we just had it, it it's such a it, this is a very touchy subject but we do find um and i don't know why but a lot of our accidents are single vehicle and the year before, I think it was two years ago, we had left-hand turns were crazy. And it was just nonstop. Like, but last year, I would say the majority of our accidents were single vehicles. So we would say rider error. And I don't never like saying that. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, they're, they're going down because of gravel or their vehicles aren't, they're, they're riding too early or too late or it's not good weather. It, it's such an interesting you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have, it. I, I wish I had answers on to what we're seeing, but it's just each year it's a different setup or a different kind of accident. And then I, I, I don't even know how to educate people in it because, okay, let's focus on left-hand turns. Then the next year it's rear ends and it's, or it's single real, like gravel or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, when we when we started AMSS, as you know, one of the first high impact um, PSAs that we put out was about the left hand turn because that was like it's always in our top three, and the top three always seem to be speeding in urban areas, left hand turns, or following too closely. And you're right, it's really hard because I know a couple of years ago it was left turns were at just the height, and then this past year as you spoke to that, like for us, when we tracked the fatalities, it was 70% were single vehicle and things like speed. There were a couple medical episodes, um, struck a guardrail, lost control, you know, stunting, there was mm-hmm. a stunting fatality and racing, you know, it's just how like you and I struggle with how, how we talk to our riders without sounding preachy to try and get mm-hmm. people to be a little bit more responsible. But how many um, injured riders did you help last year in comparison to the year before? Like, did it rise last year with all these incidents? So every year it rises. So last year was 120 injured riders and the year prior to that was 105. So we like, you have to keep in mind we're in a pandemic oh. too. There's, multiple multiple people riding now and and the organization is growing so it's hard to know exactly because in 2019 we had like 1200 members or no it was just over a thousand last year we had 1300 members so we're growing our organization plus every injured rider we help they tell 10 people 
And then those 10 people know somebody else that's been injured. So it's, it's just, it's, I don't know if it's rising or if it's the fact that the organization is growing. So that's why we we're kind of copy, not copying, but we're trying to, Hey, let's take statistics and are the, you know, we don't, we have memberships, but you don't need to be a member to be a part of our group. But how are these people finding out about us? Because it, it really comes down to knowing is this, uh, is the accident increasing or is it just the awareness? But Every year, like we went from 80, I think it was 88 the year before, then we jumped to 105, last year was 120. And we're just, fingers crossed that it's not, you know, that percentage, it's about whatever, a 5% increase we're going every year. And it's just hope we don't do that. And I think you, you raise a really valid point because where we're trying to wrap our head around fatalities um, more so because we know you're managing kind of injured riders and helping them fatalities were going based on, well, that just happened. Like there's, there's no reporting it to us because, you know, we need assistance or they need assistance with it. It, A fatal is a fatal. Whereas you're right, your organization is growing. And the more people that know who one broken biker is, the more people are going to reach out for help. And word does spread fast that there is help for people. And, you know, we, I know other people have tried to do something like this before and yours took root and really grew into something so positive. So where it is, you know, it's hard to deal with that over and over. You have to feel good about what you're doing. Just like we feel good about trying to prevent, like ultimately at the end of the day, Ash, not going to lie. We want to put you out of business, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. Like I wish we didn't have to have a one broken biker, but we do because reality is collisions are going to happen. Do you think that um, the the whole COVID situation, pandemic last year, played a big role in you know there was a sixteen percent increase in motorcycle sales in Alberta alone. There was no licensing available. Courses were shut down. Do you think that this all played a role in? both of the statistics and the reasons why we are both doing everything we can to be better. Yeah, I, I fully do. Like, you know, a lot, of, I will say a lot of our accidents, well, all of our accidents, we didn't have anybody that wasn't licensed. So it's not like they're newbie riders or, or they just have their learners and they've crashed the motorcycle and caused an accident. Um, I know that much because I've gone through most of them and, um, there's 15 of us that work on the injury team. So, you know, we had 105 injured riders. We break it up between the group and we try to not take on, we try to stay within the 10 per rider or per uh, outreach. But I don't know if it's definitely the more people getting out. There's definitely more. So, so it has to be And people are, even if you had a motorcycle, we had lots of people that have a motorcycle, but they just normally don't ride that much but they rode last year Mm -hmm. and they were in an accident. So it's just, I don't know. It's so hard. It's such an, it it breaks my heart because you're just, it's sad. Like it's just sad that what we're doing and what we're seeing and, and we want these people to, we want to bring those numbers down. I would love to actually be raising money and then be like, Holy crap. We don't have to raise money anymore because we've raised enough or whatever. The numbers are so low, but we are already talking about, because this pandemic has caused such, um, it's hit us hard for fundraising, like no bike shows, no bike nights. We're not at any events. Well, 
the way we're sitting at right now, we usually give 750 per rider and we just get the flat rate and then we give the compassionate services on top. We need to dial that back. We're, we're looking at maybe even dialing it back to 400 because we can't afford, okay, if we're going to have 120 injured riders, we don't have that money in the bank. So, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing the same thing on that with, um, you know, the pandemic, of course, everybody's finances are, you know, not really quite there and, all of our corporate members really got to look at, you know, how they can support and where they can support. And, you know, like, like you probably don't fault them for having to make some decisions during that year that are tough, even though they still like support both of our organizations, but not having these events and, and whatever. And yeah, I was a little concerned about our finances too. And, and, uh, you know, we've managed to be able to pull something out of our butts for this year mm-hmm. and, and it's going to help us with this podcast and bringing more of this awareness and talking with people who are seeing things firsthand and trying to get through this. Let's talk a bit about um, what we as a community, like not going stupid drivers or, you know, all these Mm -hmm. drivers are reckless or whatever. Like let's not blame the drivers. Let's talk about our own community. Let's you and I brainstorm for the people what are things we can do as motorcycle riders that put us in the best position possible to not be in a collision and not be a statistic? What are some of your goals? So my goals, they're probably the same as well. I, you know, it's interesting. And I didn't really realize, I, you know, every year I get on, I've been riding for nine years now and riding a lot. Uh, I'm not a newbie by any means, but every year I get on my bike and I'm nervous at the beginning of the year. And I used to be like, oh, it's so bad that I'm nervous, but it's actually good. And it's good to like check myself and make sure the biggest thing is just, I have an ego and sometimes that throttle, you know, adds to my ego and it doesn't even matter. You could do something so stupid that could change your life so quickly. It matter in a second, like it's just seconds can change your life. So my biggest thing is I have a little mantra that I always say to myself and it's just, this can be taken from you at any time. So just I have slow it I down. This, I do the same thing, Ash. Like I like I've been riding a little bit longer than you have, and uh, again, not a newbie. I've done a lot of you know things, racing and whatever else. Mm-hmm. We all have our experiences. Every single time I get on my bike, I talk about. I like. I always have a thought in my head. I could die today. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so aware of everything that's around. So awareness is like a huge one. Gear would be another because yes. gear is going to play a factor in what your injuries are going to be if you do survive your collision. We see it all the time. Like I used to not wear a full face. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a ton of experience in injured riders or with injured riders. But over the last, well, we've been running since 2012. But the last five years have been really like... I'm hands-on with the injured riders and we've just grown so much full face. I've watched people wear buckets, hit a guardrail, changed their entire life, changed everything about their life, you know? And it's just the mind <laughs> wearing a full face can just, and, and there's an argument to that too, because some people say, Oh, you know, a full face can cause more damage or because of whatever. But I just, every accident is unique and every accident is different, but wearing that gear. My dad was wearing a t-shirt, a leather vest, running shoes that weren't even tied up and uh, just Levi jeans. Those Levi jeans protected them like leather. 
they barely ripped up. They didn't burn him. The leather vest, he was fully protected, lost his shoes. His feet were a mess. You know, um, his body was broken, but the road rash was so bad on his face and his arms where he was exposed to the road. Right. Like it's just, if you can just, you know, and I, I am, I like to wear a t-shirt and my leather vest and some jeans and maybe Converse and throw in my bucket and off I go. It's not the safest thing. Like it's, you know, and every year I watch more accidents and I add more gear because I just, you just realize it, you see it. And why would you, why would you put yourself, your life can change in a matter of a second, but riding a motorcycle is living. (laughs) We are living, you know, and so it's, but it's just slowing it down a little bit. And check yeah. in you go. Yeah, same same thing with me when I first started a bucket, you know, tank mm-hmm. top, you know, everyday jeans. I always used to justify it with I'm wearing proper boots and gloves. And I'm like, and then I started, like, I got into racing and I had to get into a full face helmet. Not as bad as I thought it was. We will be addressing myths around full face helmets on a future episode. So that will get covered. Um, and, you know, and but doing AMSS, it's like, I have to always be walking the walk. All of my jackets are high rated with, you know, armor. All of my pants are proper motorcycle pants. And, you know, it's, it's weird when I went to a friend's funeral a couple of years ago, like I'll just throw my half helmet on because the, the funeral home was so close to where I was. And it felt so weird and so naked and I can't do it. And mm-hmm. they now collect dust. And like, yeah. You know, so yeah, I haven't worn a full face since, or I haven't worn a bucket. I haven't even, the second I got my full face, I've never switched out of it because I think, oh, dear Jesus, if I was to go down and I wasn't wearing, how stupid would I feel? So I wear it. And you know, you know, we have that icon helmet with the statistics on it that we always have in our booth. And the, in a, in the event of the collision, your highest contact point on your face is your jawline. So that bucket does nothing for you at all. Are there any other, you know, aside from please obey the rules of the road? I mean, we, we all have, there's a time and place for everything. And riding within the city is really not the place to be reckless in any way. Um, gear awareness, you know, we just need to be a better representation of our people so that people stop looking at us as this hooligan community mm-hmm. that deserves accidents and deserves, you know, what we get. Cause really we're just everyday people who live to ride. Like you're right. We live and it is, exhilarating and fun and complete me it's my happy place you know yeah I, I agree trust me I <laughs> you know I just it's, it's another world it's another it's just another part of me that I didn't ever really realize and even each year as I grow this organization and see more people and meet more people and meet more injured riders it educates me like <laughs> I didn't start this organization thinking I'm going to be the safety person and I'm going to I'm going to be the, you know, I was just, I was a punk. I was just a kid starting to, I just wanted to help one person a year and we'll just, that's all I'll do. It'll be my good work, my karma. And hopefully that'll keep me out of trouble. And now it's, it's huge now. So. But, well, I wanted yeah. to just say congratulations on like everything that you've done with one broken biker. Again, I'd love to put you out of business. Um, yeah. Probably, probably not going to happen in our time or 
probably not ever. I mean, as much as I'd like to have zero of everything, reality is what it is. But I just, again, Ash, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It is so important that we all work together to keep pushing the messages forward. Um, to make sure that you don't miss any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, please make sure you subscribe. If there's a topic that you would like us to cover or a guest that you think would be great on our show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or get to us through our website, ab-amss.org. We'll have all of Ashley's contact information up with our show notes and everything so you can get in touch with them as well. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike, and we'll see you out on the road.